Welcome to all of you from all your centers. On Friday today, we come together and have the opportunity to learn on the Dhamma. We continue on the topic about the sermon that the Buddha gave about the highest blessing. We have learnt already about the first two highest blessings, that is, one, not to associate with fools, and two, to associate with the wise. Now, we will learn the third highest blessing that the Buddha taught, that is, to venerate those worthy of veneration is the highest blessing. We should understand about giving worship and honour on particularly important days in the calendar. Each of the various nationalities will have different traditions they celebrate in certain ways. But for us Buddhists, we have the custom to show our veneration on important Buddhist holy days. For example, the important Buddhist holy days such as Maga Puja and Asalaha Puja. Or for Buddhists here in Thailand, or for the Thai people, they have the commemoration for past kings on certain days. For example, Chulalongkorn Day, which commemorates King Rama V. There are also other celebrations which one expresses one's respect and veneration, like the anniversary of the king's birth, Mother's Day, Father's Day. There is the festival of New Year's in Thailand called Songkran. During this period, it is customary for one to go back to one's birth home and visit and honour one's elders, one's mother and father and relatives. The family comes together and performs water-pouring rites and honour to the elders. This is honouring those that we feel have been our benefactors. As for the Chinese people, they have many other traditions that many of you will know about. In the Lunar New Year, there is a custom to worship deities and dewas or specific individuals who one's ancestors and family should give honour and worship. They ask for blessings from those deities to give them protection and to help gain prosperity in business. And there is the Chengmeng Festival where one will honour one's ancestors. One will do meritorious deeds on behalf of our ancestors and elders who have passed away, who have been our benefactors. Other religions tend to have similar ways of respect and worship, but for Buddhists, we will have worship and veneration to the Triple Gem, the Buddha, Dhamma and Sangha, as the most important object of veneration. We will do group pujas, do chanting, listen to Dhamma talks, especially on the important Buddhist holidays of Maga Puja, Visaka Puja, Asalaha Puja and Atami Puja, which commemorates the cremation of the Lord Buddha on the eighth day of the sixth lunar month. These holy days are very important. Showing one's veneration on these days is Samaditi, right view, and is the highest blessing in our life. The Buddha, who is the highest and most excellent, imbued with boundless compassion with no equal. The Buddha, who has completely purified his mind, cut off all the mental defilements. The Buddha, who has great love and compassion to all living beings. The Buddha, who has great wisdom, 
where no one could go against the Buddha's wisdom, and he was able to be victorious against ignorance, craving and attachment. But even the Buddha had the highest respect and veneration for the Dhamma. If one of his fully enlightened Arahant disciples was giving a Dhamma sermon and the Buddha was walking past, the Buddha would stop out of respect for the Dhamma that the Arahant disciple was giving. Knowing this, we should respect and venerate the Dhamma following the example of the Lord Buddha. This puja or veneration you can separate into four characteristics. One, sakara. This means a proper form of veneration or an object of veneration that one uses to show one's veneration. Next is having a feeling of respect, love and care for them. Third, reverence to them by determining the particular goodness and virtues of others and respecting them for those qualities. Fourth, bowing, giving anjali, that is holding one's hand palm to palm, giving praise and admiration to them. The important aspect of the veneration is how much our minds have faith and confidence. For example, we have faith and confidence in the triple gem, then we express this through taking refuge in the triple gem. We may venerate it through giving up our life to it. We have the triple gem direct us in how we will lead our life. If we venerate an individual as our teacher, then we make ourselves a disciple. We have respect and reverence to that teacher. When I was with Venerable Ajahn Chah, I was like this. The monks who were his disciples had a heart of veneration and faith in Venerable Ajahn Chah. They had veneration for the Dhamma that Ajahn Chah gave to us because it had made a great impression on us, helped to change us from being fools to ones with some wisdom, little by little. This Dhamma he taught gave us a path for our hearts to get free from all suffering. So on Ajahn Chah's birthday, his disciples would gather together out of respect and reverence for their teacher. We would do a formal ceremony of veneration and asking for forgiveness. This was an outwardly show of veneration through our speech and actions, but being led by the veneration in the heart. When I was there, there would be about 500 monks coming together. And after Ajahn Chah passed away, his disciples would come together to show their reverence again through Patipada Puja or giving one's Dhamma practice as a form of veneration. The monks would do formal puja chantings, give Dhamma talks, practice meditation and lead the lay people to practice similarly. So there is the veneration with flowers and other objects and performing respectful actions and the other is the veneration through dedicating one's Dhamma practice. We also have to be careful in our veneration and homage. For instance, giving honour to someone who is a fool, someone who has mitcha ditti or wrong views, or venerating objects that are strange, such as a termite mound that may be considered holy, that is not appropriate, or using inappropriate objects of worship, such as killing animals as sacrifice. This is not appropriate and is bad conduct. 
or conducting veneration through wrong means, such as torturing ourselves through sleeping on thorns, or to be begging too much by asking things from deities. These things we can't do. There has even been a case recently of someone taking drugs and then believing that they will venerate God through pulling out both their eyes. This is wrong view and is a way of a fool with no sealer or morality, as is a person who takes drugs. This person doesn't associate with the wise and has a wrong view that can't be fixed, and in the end their deluded actions lead them to show veneration in a wrong way by pulling out their eyes. We have to show veneration in ways that do no harm to ourselves, and we have to venerate through conducting our lives rightly in accordance to our status. As lay people, you need to find a living with honesty and do one's duties properly. When a lay person has good people showing them the right way to live, they have a good Dhamma teacher, they are good disciples, they look after their parents and family well, they know how to make merit and practice goodness, they know how to sacrifice to benefit others, they keep good sila or morality, then they will have only progress and prosperity. For a monk, they need to have sila that is right, good samadhi or concentration, and be imbued with wisdom, the wisdom that takes the heart to the other side to see the Dhamma or to cross over to the other shore to Nibbana. Venerable Ajahn Chah, our great teacher, said as well that when we venerate, we venerate the Buddha Dhamma Sangha as the highest, There is nothing higher than this. Or we can venerate the bodhisattvas who are considered wise individuals who have overcome defilements, who have gained the higher jhanas. So we venerate the bodhisattvas, those who have loving kindness and compassion with no equal. They are individuals we should worship. When our minds show veneration in this way, it will have rapture, joy, inner fullness, and then merit and goodness arises within us. The Buddha said that even after he passes away into Parinibbana, if we venerate his bodily relics, then that is merit. Or if we go to pilgrimage to the four holy sites of the Buddha, the place where the Buddha was born, became enlightened, gave the first sermon, and passed away into Parinibbana. Or venerating the Buddha's requisites, or the Mahabodhi tree where the Buddha was enlightened, If we give our homage to all these, then this will be a lot of merit and goodness for us. Or we can give homage to a Dhamma Chedi, that is the teachings of the Buddha. If we pay homage in that Dhamma, we will gain much benefit. Or we can pay homage to the Buddha image, a Buddha statue, a Buddha's footprint, or to an image of an Arahant disciple of the Buddha. Doing so will give us much benefit. We will gain benefit in the present we will gain happiness, the Dewas praise and bless us, and after death, then the mind goes up to heaven. If the mind has parami, spiritual development, then we will see the Dhamma and can go to Nibbana. There is one example of venerating one worthy of veneration. In the Buddha's time, there was one venerable monk, Prasuta Bindiya Thera. In a previous era, he was born as Sumana during the dispensation of the Buddha Siddhartha. This man had no chance to make merit while the Buddha was alive, but after the Buddha passed away, he gave one lump of lime mortar 
to help build the chedi that they would enshrine the bodily relics of that Buddha. By the fruits of this merit, he was born in the Dewa heavenly realms and the human realm for a very long, long time. And finally, he was born in one wealthy family in our Buddha's time. He gained faith in the Buddha, ordained as a monk, then in no long time became an Arahant. His name was Sutta Bindiya Tera. He had lots of merit that he made just by donating one lump of lime mortar to help build the chedi as an offering to the Buddha. He gained a lot of merit from this action because his mind had great faith in the Buddha. He didn't go down to the lower realms, only to the heavenly realms. And the merit made him born as a great king, endowed with the seven divine treasures, 13 times in total. And when he became an arahant in the last life, he attained the four analytical knowledges, the eight liberations, and all the psychic powers, including seeing clearly into the Buddha's teachings. And it's not just humans who pay homage to the Buddha and gain great merit. There is one story of an owl whose mind had faith in the Buddha. He would fly to send the Buddha off on arms round and would welcome the Buddha on the way back from arms. One day, the owl flew down from the mountain to go pay homage to the Buddha. It was evening and the Buddha was surrounded by his disciples. The Buddha said to Venerable Ananda, that this owl has faith in me and the Sangha. He will be born in the Dewa and human realms for a hundred thousand aeons, then in the end will be born as a Pacheka Buddha named Somanasa. So the highest object of veneration is the Buddha, a Pacheka Buddha, the Dhamma, an Arahant, a Bodhisattva who has full parami, or those bodhisattvas building parami who have high virtue and other high qualities. So may you try to practice this veneration, then you will have prosperity, and it will be the highest blessing in our life. We need to choose who we venerate and honor. If we honor a fool, then we will become a fool as well. So be very careful, otherwise we will lose out too. Be very careful. So that should be enough for today's topic. May you all grow in blessings.